From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, your RV, camper, your taxi, parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello to all of you catching us on the, the podcast, TalkZone.com. Those of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations. The app, of course, the Conspiracy Show app, free download. Those of you live streaming us on uh, YouTube through our Hangout on Air, HOA as they uh, they call them. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid the, the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Math Magician. Marty Leeds is standing by. He's going to discuss his work in the deconstruction of the mathematical foundation of the English alphabet, uh, decoding the cipher used to create the uh, the alphabet by uh, exploring the ancient science known as gematria, uh, using mystical, religious, and secret society symbols, methodologies, and concepts, as well as the transcendent, transcendental and infinite number of pi, and much, much more. Uh, we uh, we may also uh, delicately, I, I, I say uh, with emphasis, we may also delicately dance around the the Pizzagate scandal. Uh, you no know, doubt no doubt have heard about. Um, I'm going to wade into that one carefully, uh, and I know Marty has been uh, has been uh, posting a lot on that. Uh, Ian Robertson is here on the other side of the glass, twisting the knobs and dials. Albert is here in studio with me, running our HOA. And incidentally, if you want to live stream us on YouTube uh, and join the Hangout on Air, it's real easy. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T. Uh, and while you're there, uh, please say hello and follow. Uh, once you're on the feed, find the tweet at or near the top. Of the feed, and you'll see the the tweet containing the uh, the capital letters H O A. That's a link. Just click on it, and you're in, and uh, you're watching this transmission on YouTube. Uh, was the King James Holy Bible written mathematically? Can the holy name of God, known as the Tetragrammaton, used by occultists, Kabbalists, and religious worldwide, uh, be f- uh, religions worldwide, be found within the English language? What do the concepts of heaven and earth refer to, and what do they have to do with geometry and man's place in the cosmos? What have the Freemasons Brotherhood been trying to conceal and reveal to humanity throughout the ages in their symbols and lodges? All of these questions uh, will be uh, answered and more. As uh, Marty Leeds joins us for the next half hour, we'll get into all of that. Marty Leeds is the author of five books, Pi and the English Alphabet, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, and The Peacock Peacock's Tales, The Alchemical, Alchemical Writings of Claudia Pavonis, also available on Amazon.com, as well as Pi, The Great Work. Uh, he is the host of his own podcast, The Marty Leeds Mathemag- Mathemagical Radio Hour, available on iTunes as an ongoing lecture and video series available on youtube.com forward slash Marty Leeds 33. Marty Leeds, L-E-E-D-S 33. He's been a guest on many popular podcasts and has lectured throughout the states and Canada. He's a musician. He has three records. Uh, we'll talk about those as well. And uh, I, I believe he's working on another full-length record. Uh, or perhaps that's already out. Uh, no, it's slated for release in 2017, and he uh, currently resides in Eugene, Oregon. Marty Leeds, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? 
Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's get a crash course here in uh, Gematria, if we could. Uh, this is, uh, I guess, has roots in, in ancient Babylon and, and ancient Greece and, and so forth. What? How does it work? Well, uh, you know, Gematria is the art of assigning numbers to letters. And as far as I know, it's been around as long as we've, as language has been around, really. Um, so, you know, most people know Gematria through Hebrew, through, you know, Yiddish or Hebrew and that stuff. But, you know, um, I mean, Hebrew isn't like the sole proprietor of the art of Gematria because we know that, you know, this, this art has been, this scientific art has been within, um, you know, Greek, like I said, Hebrew, uh, Arabic, uh, Sanskrit, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of different languages. So I think most of the major languages that we know of have actually had a mathematical cipher to them or structure to them. So I mainly focus on the English alphabet. But in a sense, basically what Gematria is, is basically saying that there's, there's um architecture behind language and it's it's mathematical and it's very theologically based very mystically mystically based so what is the the significance of the numbers that are assigned uh to to letters it's almost like the, is it is it similar to the pythagorean screed well i mean you know numbers numbers themselves are sort of like cosmological principles um in my opinion they're they're actually embodiments of of natural principles within creation that actually make creation so language um in and of itself is is symbolic you know um and and the numbers that are t- tied to those um those languages and the letters and then the words obviously um, have a relationship to the to the word itself. So um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of numbers that come out that are pretty strong, like 108 or 33 or 2160. There's a lot of very important numbers that are sort of these are like cornerstones, if you will, um, it, that uh, help you kind of understand the architecture of creation. That a lot of these cosmological principles, um, constants within creation, have actually been crafted into the language and have passed on, have been passed on to us. Uh- Words also have uh, frequencies, and frequencies have numbers, uh, you know, cycles per second and so forth. Uh, is that something, is, is that an area that you also explore? Is that tied in with this? I mean, I don't really get into that too much as far as frequencies. I mean, somatics is kind of a big study that's that's um, really popped up within the last, like, 10 years or whatever. That's not something I, I get involved with too much as far as the actual frequency is concerned. So I, re- I mainly deal with... Um, number patterns, codings, what numbers mean, what their qualities are, where we see them in creation, how they're affect, how they're, um, related to the human being and how the human being actually, you can, you know, using the human vessel or human temple, if you will, come to understand the mathematics of creation, um, just through your own body. Right. When we talk about the King James Bible and, or you talk about the King James Bible being written, uh, mathematically, what, what do you mean by that? Give us some examples. Well, as we know, I mean, this really, you know, I've, I've said this before and it seems like kind of controversial, but it's actually not a really controversial statement at all. Um, Hebrew, we know for a fact, like the original Hebrew Bible was complete, was written mathematically. There's, there's really no question about it. In fact, that's really what the study of Kabbalah is in one respect is looking at, you know, the Hebrew Bible, you know, this old, the Old Testament and decoding it mathematically. And um, the Greek is the same way. Um, I know for a fact that the Greek Bible has been written uh, mathematically. In fact, some like some of the major like terms, like abraxas, for instance, in Greek equals 365. You know, there's things like that. So, how does it work? So, when you know, when we look at the the King James version of um, the the Holy Bible, this is the Bible that was translated by King James and his 72 scribes. 
back in, you know, what was it, 1600, something like that, when basically the, the modern version or, you know, the modern English alphabet was sort of like taking off. So around that time, you basically had the formulation or the construction of the English language, really, where it was getting a lot of widespread use. Um, and then you had the um, translation of the English the English Bible by King James. And so during this whole time, basically, what my whole thesis is, is that the, whole, the Bible was translated from the original Greek into English, and it was translated mathematically. And so to really even really come to even understand the Bible in and of itself, you have to really read, if you will, between the lines. You have to go and see the mathematical structure behind it to actually truly read it. And maybe we can talk about some of some of the things in the Bible. But. Well, yeah, we have we have a few moments here before we we break. Let's. Can you give us some some examples? And and then my other question is: Does does the the mathematical sort of underpinning of of language uh, or or in the Bible, for example, does it does it carry with it a a special power? I mean, otherwise, why is it there? Well. The re- I mean, I would say, number one, the reason it's there is that one of the things that this understanding of mathematics allows you to do is understand that there is a creator, that there is architecture behind our language, and not only our language, but there's architecture behind our creation, and that man is actually put in this very unique position to come to understand that architecture. When we're placed in um, in this world, in this plane of dimension, if you will, all we're given is questions about our reality. There's really no direct answers that we're given. And so, and we're, you know, we're, we, we, we see the spectrum of questions like, is there a God? Where did we come from? Where are we going? What is the meaning of life? All of these sorts of things. Well, the one thing that this study of mathematics did for me, and I think it's what it has done for all the ancient people as well, and why they actually crafted it and, and, and coded this stuff into scripture, holy scripture, is that it tells you that not only is there architecture, but you can actually come to understand that architecture. That architecture that of mathematics that is a language, and that language is the language of creation. It's the language of nature. Um, if you understand this gnostically, if you understand it as a you know a direct insight into nature, really what you're doing is speaking the language of God. So the reason that they encoded this stuff is because they were speaking God's language. Um, the problem that you have right now is that most people don't speak this language. Um, and so you really can't, you know, it's just like I say, if you ever really want to have a conversation, you kind of have to speak mathematically because that's a language. So um, so that's really what it's there for. As far as like supernatural powers and things like that, um, that I uh, that is kind of beyond my study. Um, I, I, I don't really know about that. I can tell you that my own consciousness and my own understanding of reality has changed because of this study. That is that is for sure. Uh, your your website Marty Leeds thirty three. Your your YouTube channel the the, the number thirty three. Uh, what is the significance? Thirty three is um, one of these numbers that is in, it's 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 I mean it's it's a cornerstone of like mysticism and esoterica and one of the places that most people actually come to find it is within um, the Scottish Rite Freemasonry. Scottish Rite Freemasonry has 32 and 33 degrees, and so a lot of people will see the number 33 and immediately assume that it's a Masonic number or something like that. Well, first off, no one owns numbers. No one has, you know, no one has jurisdiction over numbers. Numbers just are what they are. So when we see the number 33, um, a lot of people will get this gut instinct that it's like a Masonic number, so therefore evil. Well, I mean, the cornerstone of basically 
you know, spirituality, if you will, is really your spinal column. Um, you don't have to go very far to see this. You can actually just look at on like a, a, the modern day symbol of medicine, and you could actually see the staff of Hermes or the you know the staff and the rod right, right. of the serpent going up, and that's Kundalini. So really, what that is is a symbol of your spinal column, and you have 33 bones in your spinal column. So the spinal column has long been known to be this focus of mystical spiritual work. And then you see the number 33 attached to it. And so, and, and this goes beyond. So this re- really what this says is that everyone in one respect that's born onto this plane of existence is attached to the number 33 and hence why the importance of 33. All the Freemasons are breathing a sigh of relief saying, Whew, he explained that so well. We're <laughs> off the hook. We're not evil. <laughs> Marty Leeds stays with us. We'll come back and discuss things like the golden ratio uh, when we come back right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. First stone of, you know. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Math magician Marty Leeds is with us. His website, MartyLeeds33, the number 33.com. We've been talking about Gematria, and uh, I want to talk about, uh, it goes by a number of, of different names, the golden mean, the divine uh, proportion, the golden ratio. You take a line, you divide it into two parts. The longer part is divided by the smaller part, and it's also equal to the whole length divided by the longer part. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... There you have the golden ratio. It's found in art. It's found in the human face. It's found in architecture. What is this golden ratio all about, Marty? This is another one of these like archetypes of um, creation itself. These one of these um, you know basically cornerstones of mathematics, constants in mathematics that man can come to understand a basic principle within math that he can see all over creation to help help him see that this is um you know that that's that there's um architecture there that there's um intelligence behind creation so the golden mean is one of these ones that are really easy to see because it's like you just said i mean it's basically in all sorts of things it's in the human body it's in plants it's in the, the way sometimes like rivers meander and these sorts of things so and you know the golden mean um is the number 1.618 so basically um you can you can find this in the fibonacci sequence but one of the places you can actually find it is is in the perfect pentagram so if you make a if you just draw a perfect pentagram you can actually find this ratio within the line segments of the that star so what one of the what's what's really interesting about this is that you know when you were a kid like you know just subconsciously you would draw stars you were always just drawn to this sort of geometry that's just within our subconscious it's in creation it's in the patterns of creation and it's really it's a it's a, a one of these mathematical you know like i said constants within creation that man can come to understand the intelligence around him really you know and uh the the human face what does it say that the human face i mean how does that work how does the golden mean or the divine proportion apply to the human face well i mean there's it applies basically all over the body in in certain ways so and there's i mean you can actually go online and actually see breakdowns of where the proportions are you know roughly of this 1.618 or phi in the human body one of the things that the you know leonardo da vinci's vitruvian man is actually showing that's a really famous one where the guy's Vitruvius actually his arms are out and his, his legs are spread out and he's standing in a circle in a square there. And so one of the things he's showing there is actually phi because if you take from the bottom of your feet to your navel and your navel to your top of your head, 
that break there of line of line segment will basically be one in point six one eight or one point six one eight. So, um, and this is the, I mean, you find this basically in um, your arm, you find it in your hands, you find it in when you actually uh, uh, curl your forefinger, you find it, you find it in the cochlea of your ear. So, I mean, this, like I said, this is like a cornerstone of creation that we can come to understand basically through simple geometry that there is intelligence in creation. And so this is why it's been, the, the pentagram has been known for a really long time. It's, you know, it's been in churches and things like that, but it was actually the um, ancient symbol of the Pythagoreans as well. So and there's there's a reason why because it's got one of these archetypes of creation. What are your th- what are your thoughts on astrology? Uh, I know now you know we we tend to poo poo uh, astrology. We we read our about our our signs in the uh, in the back of the newspaper, but when the when the ancients studied it, they were it was more there was more science behind it, the radionics of the spheres and so forth. How, what are, what are your thoughts on astrology and does that figure into um, your your work. Yeah, actually, I just did. I just posted a lecture um, this morning um, on basically looking at the zodiac, um, the uh, the twelve ages of the zodiac, and kind of what that means and that sort of thing. You have to understand that the first um, sky watchers, you know, people that were actually doing terrestrial observations of the stars, doing like you know real hands on science, if you will, they were. What I mean, what what is the reason to actually track the stars for for the you know the people back in the day? Well, the reason to track the stars was to track time. So when you are tracking the movements of the stars, whether that's the retrograde motion, whether that's where Aries is, whether that's blah blah blah. If you look at the sun and the moon, we were tracking them because you were tracking and mapping time, and time is the stage in which you know basically all of the drama of human existence plays out on. So when those ancient people were tracking and watching those stars and watching the ascension and declination. What they were really doing is keeping track of the movements and ebbs and flows of time. And these were these people were avid sky watchers. They didn't have TV. They didn't have radio. They didn't have anything to you know distract them from this study. And so, really, what you have is you know thousands of years of people doing actual scientific work and then passing it on to us. And then basically, our culture not doing any of this true terrestrial navigation or, you know, uh, uh, tracking of the stars, seeing it ourselves, you know, looking up online or reading a few books and then just kind of poo-pooing it. So astrology to me is um, basically it's um, one of the great, great um, holy sciences, esoteric sciences like gematria, like symbolism, like numerology that um, really kind of tells you man's connection to the heavens. And how about as a predictive tool? You know, um, the the only thing that I've seen as far as um, that, that's just something I didn't really get into because of the because of the you know the um, interpretive aspect of astrology. It's not something that I've really gotten into. Really, my um, study of astrology was bo- was more um, like of the academic sense. Like, for instance, you know, when you look at the twelve ages of the zodiac, they're not really thirty degrees each. You know, so and there's that, you know, there's part of the ecliptic that Ophiuchus actually comes in and, and, and kicks his foot in there a little bit. So is there really 13 signs? So really, my question was, is why is there this consistent theme with, you know, why is it 12 ages of the zodiac? Why is the, you know, why is there the houses? Why is the Aries always the sun always rising in Aries? Why do we have these symbols this way? Why these particular uh, words surrounding them? So that was my focus on that as far as like 
predictions and prophecy and stuff like that, I always really steer steer away from that because I don't want to I don't want to be the person that you know uh, plants something in somebody's head and and that sort of thing. I've just never really been into that. So. Marty Leeds is uh, with us, math magician, and his website is Marty Leeds L E E D S thirty three the number thirty three dot com Marty Leeds thirty three uh, dot com. Uh, I want to talk to you about the number three because that's uh, that's sort of the magic number. Uh, now I'm. Uh, I'm homeschooling uh, my boys, and we're um, right now we're sort of hunkered down in long division. It's kind of a mastery approach, everything to do with long division. So there's a little bit of you know finding the area of a triangle, uh, a trapezoid, and all that sort of thing. But um, to me, I mean, I wish I had you teaching my boys geometry because you just you make it come to life. But talk to me about speaking of triangles, you know, three-sided figures, pyramids. The number three. Why? Why is number three the magic number? Well, three is three is the magic number um, because the three three is really kind of it represents time in and of itself. Um, so when you have the when you have the creation of time, basically what you have is past, present, and future. And past, present, and future are happening all at once. If you think about it, you know, um, you know, because it was just the past now, but now it's the future, but now the future, or I mean, it wasn't the present, and now it's the future, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, you have time as past, present, and future becoming one fluid movement. And this is really what you have with the Trinity. Um, a Trinity, the Trinity is celebrated all over the world in, in Hinduism and in Christianity, and you find it in Egyptian, uh, the, the Egyptian pantheon and things like that. And that's tri-unity. It's three tri becoming one. So this, and that's where the combinatory word of Trinity comes from. So really when you see the Trinity, um, what you're really looking at is the um, basically the worship of God, if you will, because um, God has created everything, God exists within all things, so God is within existing all the time. So pastors in the future becoming one, so that's three becoming one. Three is also really interesting too because it's the first, you know, in two-dimensional mathematics and two-dimensional geometry, three, the number three is the first thing or um, a geometric shape that actually encapsulates space. So you just have a point, which is one, two points in a line doesn't create any space, but then when you actually get to three points, that encapsulates space. And that's what I actually call your, um, like an embryonic polygon of creations, the first geometric form in creation. So if you were thinking geometrically or mathematically about how to create the universe, and you were actually thinking one dimension to two dimension to three dimension to four dimension, etc., the first geometric form you'd come across would be the triangle and so that's why you see so many of the triangle of the triangle represented in so many different things even architecture as far as pyramids you know a lot of times you'll see a triangle behind uh, you know in, in illustrations of god he'll be you know the halo will actually be a triangle and then you know this is the reason for it the triangle also represents 180 degrees so any triangle that you look at has 180 degrees well um you know so it doesn't matter obtuse right acute isosceles it doesn't matter well, 180 is actually intimately linked to the human experience because, you know, just how you view the world, if you just look at your head, you can turn left about 90 degrees from your facing forward and you can turn right about 90 degrees facing forward. So basically you standing where you stand, you see roughly about 180 degrees, That's right. the, the swivel of your head. So all of this stuff is, you know, intimately linked to how the human even experiences existence in and of itself. You should be tutoring geometry online if you're not already. Uh, or just math in general. I mean, do you do that? Have you, uh, do you have a background as a teacher in math? Um, no, it's just um, what I do online and, and stuff like that. 
So, um, no, I don't, I mean, there's really no school that's interested. No college is really interested. Um, most conferences honestly aren't interested because it's math as far as like conspiracy conferences and stuff. So it's basically what I can just, um, get across online in videos and then, you know, through books. But you make it come to life. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I could listen to this all night. I mean that. Uh, Marty Leeds, uh, is with us, mathematician, martyleeds33.com. We're coming up on a break here in just a few moments, but I wanted to ask you about pi. Speaking of three, so we have 3.14. Um, what is the what is the significance of of pi? Well, as we, you know, when we spoke earlier about how basically numbers and mathematics are the language of the creator itself. So this is the you know cross culturally, it doesn't matter what language you speak or where you come from or where you were you know where when you existed in time, anything like that. Basically, mathematics has always been the same, and so it's the sort of language of the creator. Well, when you actually go to look at this language and all of the mathematical constants that you get within it, one of the ones that stands out the most is pi. Um, anybody that goes into any sort of mathematical study is going to come to pi at some point because it really is this sort of just like thorn in the side of mathematicians. It's a really big mystery. And so to me, from how I've come to understand it is pi is actually this mathematical word of God. So when you when you hear of, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, you know, you have to ask, well, if God is speaking a Word, what Word is He speaking, you know? And so my question, you know, my answer to that was, well, obviously God is speaking mathematics, and so if He is speaking mathematics, then, he's, then the, the Word is a mathematical Word. And, you know, this isn't just in Christianity. Of course, you find it in Hinduism as well with the Om, and you actually find it in, um, there's a, I mean, the, the idea of an omnific word has been around for a very, very long time, covered in lots of esoteric doctrines. So, um, so yeah, that's basically what pi is. Um, pi is basically the all or the eternity of with that circle. And then you have the line. And this is sort of like the beginning and an end that a line has. And then the circle has no beginning and end. So it really brings the eternal opposites of infinity and finite into one geometric form and encapsulated within a number. Uh, uh, the number 23, uh, I think you and I, you were on the program some time ago, and I think we broached this. I, I can't remember, though. There was a, in, Ten years ago, there was a, a movie with Jim Carrey, and it was, uh, the num- it was called The Number 23. Um, sure. Fascinating. Uh, all of the... The coincidence, not coincidences, but all the, the significance of the number 23 and how it uh, plays out in our lives. And of course, Jim Carrey in this, it's a psychological thriller. Uh, he is haunted by the number 23 everywhere he turns. Maybe we can, can we chat about the, the number 23 a little bit when we come back? Sure, yeah. Excellent. We'll do that. And then also, time permitting, I know that you've been uh, writing quite a bit about Pizzagate. Maybe we can trace through that very delicately. Shall we? Sure. All right. We will be back with Marty Leeds right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Marty Leeds is with us. His website, martyleeds33.com. And Leeds is spelled L-E-E-D-S, martyleeds33.com. I want to talk about the number 23. And uh, there is the subculture, 2030ians. 
are uh, people who subscribe to the mystical power of the number 23. They see it in multiple combinations uh, throughout daily life. And there's been not one but two films about uh, the number 23. There was a, a German movie in 1998 called 23, and then the movie The Number 23, starring Jim Carrey. And uh, they each film has a, a main character obsessed with that number. So, uh, Marty Leeds, what's going on with the number 23? Well, I mean, the first thing, whenever you go to look for, like, the significance of a number, the first thing I always like to do is kind of go back to that Delphic Oracle thing of know thyself kind of thing. So, you know, when you look at human genetics, um, each, each, the mother and father both contribute 23 chromosomes in the act of procreation to continue human life on this earth. And so 23 is this a number that's a cornerstone of human genetics. It's, you know, it's, it's fundamental to the human being. So that's the first place that, you know, 23 really shows its face that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, in the English cipher, heaven, you know, you have the concepts of heaven and earth. So, and these are really kind of the concepts of as above and so below. But um, Genesis 1-1, in beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So you're given this, um, you know, basically pro- proclamation from the Holy Bible about, hey, there's heaven below our feet, and there's heaven, you know, uh, or excuse me, uh, earth below our feet, and heaven above our heads. And heaven in English Gematria equals 23, and earth equals 24. And, of course, there's 24 hours in an Earth day and a solar day, and so that makes sense that you have 24. And then it's a, and then you kind of have to ask, like, okay, well, what, why is heaven 23 then? You know, if Earth is 24, it's what we're standing on, there's 24 hours in a day, that all makes sense. Well, then if you look and you actually, so you go to this concept of, you know, um, you know, kind of the God, God above and God within, as above, so below, microcosm and macrocosm, then you realize that having, you know, there's really, there's really a very deep spiritual message there with having the number 23 encoded within the word heaven, because it's basically saying that heaven isn't necessarily all of those stars up above your head. Um, it's actually within you. And so there's really a, a really deep um, spiritual directive there within a single number and a word. I'll say, I mean, most of us who have even a passing knowledge of the Bible will be familiar with the most famous of the Psalms, which is Psalm 23, the Lord is exactly. my shepherd, I shall not yeah. want. It's amazing. Um, it's a little bit of uh, interesting trivia. The um, In the movie Airport, uh, the bomber was seated in seat 23. The number of crosses on cavalry at the end of the Monty Python film The Life of Brian is 23. In Die Hard with a Vengeance, a train derails in Subway Station 23. The lead characters in the Coen Brothers film The Big Lebowski always used Lane 23. And in the television series Lost, one of the combination of six numbers that haunt the characters and they have to input to a computer to avoid an unknown fate is 23. So obviously, this is pop culture sort of uh, you know, playing up this uh, this um, idea of the number 23. Are there some other instances uh, of uh, 23? You mentioned 23 cro- uh, pairs of chromosomes. Uh, other um, interesting examples of 23? Yeah, um, well, you know, let me say something about that as far as, like, the, the pop culture thing. You were just mentioning J.J. Abrams, who's a big number hound. Um, and in, in, the, in the show Lost, there was a, he did a ton of stuff with numbers. I know he mentioned 108 in there and 42. And one of the numbers I know he's associated or that he's actually mentioned several times is 47. And this is a number, um, uh, you know, a very, very popular number within sort of like numerology and things. 
And we just talked about before how heaven and earth is, you know, heaven is 23 and earth is 24, right? Right. Well, 23 plus 24 is 47. And so, and this is the degrees between Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn, number one. So you have some, you know, a pretty something, you know, fundamental on Earth mm-hmm. right there. Right. But um, in the new Star Wars, um, the New Hope, actually, they the the place that they go to actually shoot down the Death Star is actually Door Forty Seven. Ah. And so, so it's pretty interesting that J.J. Abrams, pretty, you know, it seems to it seems to me that he's very, very, you know, well aware of of this level of knowledge, in my opinion. Right. Uh, are you familiar with the birthday paradox? Um, no. What's that? It's a uh, it's a, a group of twenty three randomly selected people. That's the smallest number where there'll be a probability higher than fifty percent that two people will share the same birthday. Huh. That's interesting. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to try, and uh, so many people have been uh, tweeting and emailing and wanted uh, to discuss uh, Pizzagate, and I do want to be careful about this one, and I know this is something you've been uh, writing a lot about, uh, so we'll give people a a kind of a crash course, and we have to be careful about mentioning names. We'll just give them sort of the the thumbnail sketch of what's going on. Uh, Pizzagate with Marty Leeds, when The Conspiracy Show returns right after this. In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? Welcome back. All right, we're going to uh, delve into Pizzagate here just for a few moments. And um, this is kind of timely because there was a uh, a gunman in a uh, D.C. restaurant uh, shooting uh, that was apprehended. He opened fire inside a popular pizza restaurant in Washington, I think it's in Chevy Chase, which is near Washington. And he has told investigators that he went there to self-investigate a conspiracy theory known as Pizzagate. And it is being dismissed as just that. It involves allegations, some of them through WikiLeaks, that certain, I'm just going to say political officials, I'm not going to mention names, in these emails... Terms like cheese pizza was used over and over again. And somehow this was linked to this restaurant, the Comet Ping Pong restaurant. And it was suggested that that pizza was a code word for pedophilia, a child sex ring. And it was somehow headquartered uh, at this this pizza store, this pizza restaurant rather, Comet Ping Pong. And now we have today uh, Edgar Welsh, 28 year old North Carolina man, opened fire inside a popular pizza restaurant. He told investigators he went there to self-investigate this theory known as Pizzagate. And uh, again, uh, Marty Leeds is with us. This is kind of a departure about what we've been talking about, but you've been sort of all over the story, Marty. Uh, again, we have to be careful. I don't want to mention names, but just give us, I've given kind of a very brief synopsis, but Flesh that out a little bit for those not familiar with Pizzagate. How did it get started, and what does it mean? Well, you know what Pizzagate really and is end up being is it's it's almost like it's it's kind of becoming historical in a way because it's the first time that there's ever been really a massive online investigation with you know I mean you're really talking about literally thousands and thousands of people looking into the accusa- accusations that were that you just mentioned. Um, there was a lot of things we, uh, leaked through WikiLeaks, through some people um, supposedly within the FBI, and then basically just people independent online doing um, the research themselves, kind of uncovering this this idea that um, you know basically that there are there is this pedophile ring that has been going on in Washington and has been going on for a very long time, 
and we we're kind of with this whole investigation the door is opening a little bit and we're getting a glimpse to see what's actually kind of going on um i you know i i'd heard of this a little bit and was you know i followed it initially a little bit and then i really sort of dove in as soon as it started going um you know a lot of the information started coming out so i was on the 4chan um uh threads a lot i was uh, interacting with uh, some people that were sharing information and you know if you if you look into it um and and you really take the time to see all the information that has been shared um it's it's pretty damning um i'll just say that um and it's it's pretty scary stuff as well um, uh, as of right now i'm 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 working on a documentary on it right now i don't know if i'll finish it because honestly it's going into this stuff is is very uh, almost traumatizing i've been kind of traumatized by it sure sure ab- absolutely now uh, again, I want to be careful here because these are, you can't get any more serious in terms of these allegations. So I want to leave the names out of it. But mm-hmm. w- w- just without mentioning the names, talk about what was revealed in some of these emails that, I mean, connect the dots. I mean, how does talking about cheese pizza uh, suggest involvement in a child sex ring? Okay, so basically what was found and what people started to put together after, uh, you know, several weeks of really looking into this once the, um, the, um, the files from WikiLeaks got released, um, there was, you know, there's be, uh, for a long time there's been language that has been surrounding the quote unquote pedophile community that's, it's been established, long established by the FBI. And so there are certain words that are used, um, like, like you were mentioning cheese and, and pizza and hot dogs. And you can see when somebody, you know, speaks in code like this. I mean, we've all spoken in code before. You know, I've been, you know, at parties sometimes looking for some weed or something and used a code word and everybody knows what I'm talking about if, you know, if you know, if, you know, what I'm looking for kind of thing. So you can see that basically these people within higher levels of government are absolutely using these code words in a way that when you read the emails, you can easily see that they're not talking about anything but that. So it goes farther than that, so much so that it gets back to um, what you had mentioned, Comet Pizza, and the proprietor of that. And um, he had an Instagram account, and he had, um, you know, he was posting very, um, well, let's just say, lewd and lascivious things um, about children and that sort of thing. Very, um, you know, I don't, I kind of lost for words because it, just some of the things that were posted on his Instagram public Instagram account were very damning, in my opinion. Um, lots and lots and lots of people attached to this account, um, people in higher levels of government and then just average everyday people. But really what, what is so frightening about all of this is it seems to be this is not just a, um, a, a pocket, you know, located in the, you know, back corners of Washington somewhere. It seems like this thing is really, um, there's almost like a community or, um, you know, it's, this is a lot more widespread and, um, than we thought. You know that I ever thought, right? Which is very, very frightening. Yes, it is. I mean, it's it, the story is almost too big. I mean, it's just like it goes potentially to the top, and I mean, how can you possibly, you know, uh, wrap your 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 head around that? I mean, it's just this is just pure evil. Um, it, I, yeah, I found it interesting that that the BBC has been. Um, Sort of taking the lead in 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 trying to debunk this as a mere conspiracy, uh, c- considering that the BBC, of course, one of their star presenter uh, presenters, uh, Jimmy Savile, uh, you know, we now know decades uh, engaged in decades of um, uh, uh, horrendous child abuse, pedophilia, up until the year 2012, I think. 
And um, the BBC finally had to acknowledge the scandal, and it was forced to open uh, open it up to independent investigators. So I, I just thought, I find that interesting that the BBC would be so quick to dismiss this as a, a conspiracy theory. That really kind of shows the collusion that's going on between the highest levels of government around the world and, um, you know, the media. I mean, at this point, I mean, I think most people in the sort of, uh, you know, alternative research community or whatever, or conspiracy theorists have pretty much denounced the media anyway. They're pretty much just a propaganda arm of the governments anyway. But um, really, that's what you see with all of the media right now, with all of this, is, is just doing everything they can to cover it up. Um, I know Washington Post put out an article right away that said, you know, this is all a, just a hoax. And then yeah, New York Times just posted something, and I know the Daily Show is going to do something on it. So really what you see is the, the, you know, the media basically just playing cover-up. And you know, the thing about the, these revelations is this is nothing new. Um, most of the people that have studied this sort of thing, whether that's black magic or the dark occult or uh, MKUltra or the Monarch program, um, people have been talking about this for 30 years. 40 years. I mean, researchers have been talking about this for a very, very long time. And so that's why really the revelations are nothing new. Um, the, the level of depravity behind them for a lot of people is just too much to stomach. And like I said, once you get into it and actually start to do the research yourself, you will see how pervasive it is. And that is, um, like I said, there's really no other word for it other than frightening. Is is this the year, perhaps? I mean, we have seen some remarkable things transpire in the last 18 months. And I am, of course, talking about the presidential election, uh, the whole campaign. Um, that plus, you know, the the, the WikiLeaks uh, revelations. Is this the year that, that the lid finally gets blown off this? When I'm talking about uh, pedophilia, this uh, at the highest levels. Well, as of right now, what we're seeing is, you know, we're humanity's kind of given, like I said, we, we were given that doorway. It's been kind of open to us. And humanity's given a chance right now to kind of make things right, um, in, in my opinion. Um, and that's really not happening. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk online and things like that, but there's no arrest being made. As far as we know, there's no investigation made. And, you know, I always, I mean, I hope this is the year. Um, I hope so. But really what you're seeing with this is just kind of a falling apart of, um, well, I mean, the complete, you know, trust in government, trust in the the process, trust in the media and that sort of thing. Um, with this, you know, the thing I always said is that when I looked into this, if I was if I was an FBI agent in the child trafficking unit and somebody came to my desk and handed me all of these files, you know, I would I would wet myself because there's so much there that, you know, you would, you would be busy for the next several years busting these evil people. You know, you would feel it would be a, it would be a great thing. And so obviously this information is out there. It's prevalent. It's everywhere. Anybody can get to it and nothing's being done. So that's very disheartening. Um, but it's not really that, you know, I, we didn't really expect that anyway, because it seems like they're all in bed with each other anyway. So well, that's, that, that's, I don't really know what to say about that. I I hope something is done with it, but I don't I don't know. Well, on the surface, there certainly seems to be an enormous amount of compelling circumstantial evidence. But as you say, no investigation. Uh, have any no victims uh, have come forward? Have they? Well, that's the interesting thing about this is from what it looks like, those those victims are dead um, because of you know basically what these people are involved in which is goes much farther than you know pedophilia we're talking cannibalism here and oh, you know murder Lord. um and so that it gets that gets um pretty intense 
you know, people have actually mentioned that even saying that this is a psyops because it's like, no, there's no evidence. Um, but, you know, there doesn't necessarily need to be a body rolled out into the street in order to start an investigation. You know, I mentioned that, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't busted because somebody found a dead body. Um, you know, there was leads, there was like a lot of connections, and then they finally made it. So right now what we have is um, an enormous amount of connections, an enormous amount of people that have a lot of things to answer to, and no one's asking the questions, no one's, um, you know, really, in my opinion, search warrants, arrests, questions should be handed out like, you know, candy on Halloween. Um, but that's not what's happening. And so I think if this, if these allegations continue and this, this, this goes on, you know, the, the, the government and the Department of Justice FBI is going to have to do something. Otherwise, we're going to have more incidents like we have today where somebody's going to walk in with a gun and want, um, you know, mob justice as opposed to the rule of law. Right. And well, we would hope, we would hope to think that the rule of law still is works, but as we might see it, it doesn't. And at the moment, uh, the mainstream media is uh, continuing to portray this scandal, Pizzagate, as just some crazy fringe alt-right, there's that term again, alt-right conspiracy theory. Um, but, you know, we have to look at the evidence, and uh, we need to talk about it, and we will. We'll talk about it more. We just have to be careful about the way we do it. But, uh, Marty, uh, I thank you for sort of leading us into this, um, well, it's unimaginably evil but we need to talk about it and uh i thank you for the last hour i enjoyed it all right thank you very much marty leads 33.com uh, my thanks to ian robertson albert vinzel and uh, ryan white all of you for listening at home thank you for that in the meantime don't be afraid there's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark speak in the light and what i say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over aphrodite i'm coming home in about 23 minutes.